0: Coming up on the Jalen Rose Renaissance Man podcast, we have stand-up comedian and comedy writer, Josh Johnson. We'll get into which comedy greats influenced his humor. What is the criteria for someone to actually call themselves a New Yorker and how he came up with the idea for his new special, Up Here, Killing Myself. Up next, Josh Johnson.
1: mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america NA member fdsc when you're bombing you're not really thinking about improving like like when like when you're in the middle of bombing you're not like man how am i gonna use this to turn everything around you're more just like oh man this is horrible this is this, this is really bad they hate me you know
0: Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. This week's theme is now and next. If you watch me on ESPN or follow me on social media, you know my feelings About the situation that it relates to Memphis Grizzlies guard, John Morant. You know why? I was him. And I understand the pressure that fame can have on someone so very young. And all of that has made me think about so many other talented young people, athletes, influencers, performers, and public figures who got now. And next, they have found their fame and audience right now, yet their future is still full of possibilities. But I speak from experience when I say that becoming a leader in your industry as a young person can be very difficult. So it's extremely important that you surround yourself with quality people, those who can guide you, and those that can help you through all times. This will be essential. And like Rakim, I came through the door. I said it before. People come into your life for four reasons. To add, subtract, multiply, or divide. Choose wisely. And you need to pay attention to which category people fall under. My conversation this week is with someone who has his future ahead of him and the talent, charisma, and personality to take him there. Coming up, I talked to comedian Josh Johnson about the direction he sees late night TV going and which barbecue spot is his number one pick. Up next, Josh Johnson. My next guest got now and next. He's an Emmy nominated writer, comedian, podcast host, NAACP award winner, who currently writes for The Daily Show and is a former writer and performer for The Tonight Show. His new comedy special is called Up Here Killing Myself. And it transforms an hour of therapy into an exploration of black mental health and self-discovery. It's streaming right now on Peacock, so make sure y'all check it out. It is my honor to welcome the hilarious Josh Johnson to the Renaissance Man Podcast. Welcome.
1: Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, I appreciate the love and thank you for taking the time. I'm a huge fan of your work, so I'm excited to have you on the show. I know that you grew up in a small town in Louisiana. So tell me about your childhood, what it was like there, and at what point did you know that comedy was something that you knew that you wanted to pursue as a career?
1: Uh, I, yeah, I guess it it was when I was little. I was I was doing a lot of just watching comedy and everything. I didn't really know it could be a job until I got older. Because even you know, like when you're little, in your head, you're you're like anyone, any adult with a job is like especially made for that job so like when you're a little kid you think of teachers as like oh these are people that's just the person who knew all the math so she (laughs) teaches math you know and and like if you saw a pilot you were like oh that's a special guy that knows how to fly you forget that you know every person is is uh just regular and you even forget it as you get older and so I didn't realize it could be a job until I moved to Chicago to start doing it, and and even then I was working at a grocery store and doing shows at night, so it still didn't occur to me that it could be a career career. And once things started taking off, though, also I, I think I took it seriously from the beginning. It, it really helped make it into a, a a career, but it's always been something that I wanted to do. I always enjoyed making people laugh. I always enjoyed. Um, like sharing my thoughts with people and everything.
0: So take us behind the scenes about your childhood in Louisiana and your transition and how you got to Chicago.
1: Um, yeah, so so I grew up in in Alexandria and I, I went to college in Shreveport, Louisiana. That's when I got the idea to to go to Chicago. There were there were some in my class that were going to move to Chicago. And so I ended up moving there a little while after them and staying on some friends' couches for quite a while. And, and then, uh, yeah, when I started, you know, I was just open micing. Like there was just, there, there wasn't much going on for me. I wasn't, I, you know, I wasn't like, hello, Chicago, I'm here. You know, it was more just like me enjoying going up, learning, learning both how to talk to people and learning, um, any sort of craft or or any any joke writing was was coming about from so much watching people and and uh getting their advice and talking to people who were sort of where i wanted to be and everything and and then you know ended up rising up through the through the sort of like ranks in chicago and and getting past at some of the clubs and stuff and then i just sort of hit a um I hit a ceiling there, I guess you could say, where, you know, if you're already doing the spots like you're at you're at most of the clubs, if not all the clubs, then that's that's an indication right there that that's all the money you're going to make, you know, is is the spot pay that you can get and start going on the road a little bit, but not not necessarily headlining much and not as a as frequently as i would have liked and so then i made the move to new york and that's where things really took off
0: so you earned your spot so very young in life i believe you're 30 you already talked about living in louisiana living in chicago living in new york but people sometimes underestimate the sacrifices and the discipline that you've had as it relates to working at grocery stores sleeping on your friends couches so talk about that endurance and what were those times and years like for you? I mean, you know, when you don't
1: if, if you're not used to much, you don't actually know the difference. So it's like it's like, if you, like, it, like you know, like when someone's like broke, they're not like, oh, I'm out here grinding. They're just like, no, this is right. the most comfortable couch I've been on. This, this is pretty good. You know, it's, like, it's not until you look back that you're like, oh, I was in a bad situation that that that, that was horrible. Uh and so for me it wasn't necessarily like an attitude of like, oh, I'm gonna grind it out and I'm and I'm gonna um I definitely want the recognition of being good, but there wasn't this there wasn't this uh mindset of like um oh yeah, I'm just paying my dues and you know, sometimes you gotta sleep on a few couches. It's like it it was just that what I wanted to do was close enough in relation to the things that I that I had to do to uh, be in proximity so it's like I guess I'm trying to make this make sense the best way I can describe it is that yeah I, I think if someone laid it all out for a person of like okay if you want to get this stuff you'll have to yeah sleep on some couches take some bus routes that don't make any sense at all where you're just on a bus for a full day uh to get to a show just to just to save the money it'll take to make money at the show uh i think that yeah if you if you tallied it all up for someone they might be hesitant but for me you know i think i was also so optimistic at the time that i was like well yeah, I'm sleeping on a couch. Yeah, I'm getting up at like five a.m. to go mm. to work. But like, I got to do a show last night, and that's crazy because there aren't shows where I'm from. You know, there's there's maybe there's maybe you begging the the guy, the DJ at karaoke, to let you do five sure. minutes, which no one will understand, by the way, because when people go for karaoke, no one's going to see comedy. So then right. it's like it it it. It just you'd be asking to bomb for five minutes. You'd be asking for everyone to have a worse time at this karaoke bar. And so my thing of just being able to do a show was so mind blowing. I was like I was like, I'm here and I'm I'm having fun and I'm meeting people. I'm meeting really funny people, incredible comics and everything. And I'm I'm getting to do all of it for free. So yeah, maybe the cost of doing it is sleeping on some couches or, you know like sleeping on the floor if i have to or you know mm. like paying this this 19 dollar bus ticket that's 19 because it's 19 hours you know mm. like there there's there's things like that that happen but i think as long as you know it's in pursuit of something that you love it's it's uh it's a small price to pay. It's like it's like with you know a relationship. If somebody came to you and they were like, "You're gonna meet the love of your life. They're gonna be great. You're gonna you're gonna wake up every day thankful that you met them." But they will like argue with you outside of a of a Regal Cinema at some point, and you're just gonna have to <laughs> right. take that one on the chin. And it's like, yeah, some people would be like, "Oh, I'm not putting up with that." And then some people will be like, "Well, love of my life seems like a small price to pay for a couple of arguments in the back of some Ubers."
0: exactly so so who were some of the entertainers and or tv shows that influenced your humor
1: um you know I watched a lot of uh I watched a lot of Bill Burr growing up and I think that I definitely like even though I only watched a few of his specials Christopher Titus I I enjoyed because his special just happened to be one of the first that I watched top to bottom over and over. And I was like blown away by it because he was being really vulnerable and he was going really dark, but then he always ended up making it funny. And, uh, and yeah, I think that, you know, obviously I had to sneak to watch it because my mom didn't want me watching it, but like Richard Pryor, especially when I was, when I was younger, uh, and, Uh, a lot of Chris Rock as well.
0: And also you mentioned bombing because turbulence is a part of life. And you just even acknowledge that when you're in a relationship, there's going to be arguments. As a comedian, there's going to be times when we, you bomb, because I feel like that's the hardest job possible. You're in a room full of people that you don't know and you're charged with making them laugh. And so Tell me about a time where you were on stage or something that you wrote, and it bombed. But it also gave you the inspiration to learn from it and to be better at your craft.
1: Um, I mean, is, is is a bit that's it's a bit loaded because it's like when you're bombing you're not really thinking about improving like like when like when you're in the middle of bombing you're not like man how am I gonna use this to turn everything around you're more just like oh man this is horrible this is this is really bad they hate me you know um so I remember um way back in the day I did this comedy festival and. I, you know, I don't mind getting bumped. I'm not that stressed about getting bumped, uh, you know, by other comedians or people who have to go somewhere or whatever. But I had seen two different lists, the list that the host had and the list that the stage manager had that mm-hmm. said that I was going first. And so I was like ready. And and I thought the host was about to bring me up. And then out of nowhere, um, they say this other name. And then that person went up and they bombed. Mm. horribly they bombed so bad that half the audience left and they <laughs> oh, ran the light by like 20 minutes right oh, wow. and it, it was it was like it was like particularly horrible and then i go up and doing what i think any comic would do i would i like roasted them a little bit for being so bad like i've never seen half the people walk out before ever crazy. i haven't seen that since right wow. they were so bad And so then I was just like, and I didn't even, I wasn't even that mean. I just lightly was like, okay, wow. You know, that's, that's kind of crazy. I've never seen half the room walk before. And I was just like, I think I said two things about him like like not even not even going after this guy but it turns out everyone that stayed were his friends mm. and so then I bombed but it's like I didn't even deserve <laughs> to they were just they just liked him as a person and then everyone else hated his comedy so they left and then they hated me for mentioning how much everyone hated his comedy so you know it didn't really give me any any courage there was no there was no silver lining that was just a horrible night but you 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 move on
0: absolutely and you move on you did because your career ended up taking you to you to New York where you live now so i have to ask of course you're going to represent louisiana to the fullest that's where you were born but working playing and spending a lot of time in New York i have to ask you do you consider yourself a new yorker and what do you think it takes to actually call yourself one?
1: I think I think it just depends on how many horrific things you've seen. Like if you've seen <laughs> a bunch of bad stuff, you're like, yeah, you're one of us, you know? Like like obviously there's time that needs to be taken into account, you know, some people want to be here like 2 months and talk about how they're a New Yorker and nobody really believes that, but I think if you've if you've seen I'm trying to think of like a real criteria because okay I feel like if you've seen at least one attack and you've seen at least like at least one truly horrific thing that's like personal to you that's all you really need I, I think that there are some people who visit and come away with the experience of being a New Yorker uh, more than people who have lived here for a while. I had a friend visit, and this is how you know somebody's rich. I had a friend visit New York, and they told me they couldn't believe how clean New York was. And oh. I was like, "Oh, you must have not gone anywhere where there were regular people. You must have what? only been flying from place to place because what? there's if you even walked what? the pavement, you wouldn't yes. say that's that's it was so insane. But they're also very rich, and so i i can see how they only saw the best of what new york has to offer but clean i was like wow
0: correct wow. correct because you you could be at the finest establishments and be walking down the street and the trash be taller than you
1: yeah yeah so that that for me was the first time i was like oh geez okay <laughs> yeah we're living different lives